part of this. Set your mind on things where? Above, not on the things of the earth. Now listen, every time we think about seeking God or doing that, the moment where I'm supposed to set my mind on things, but my mind immediately goes to the things of this earth. My mind immediately goes, I have these responsibilities, I have to do this, I do this, this is my routine because I get up at this time and I go here and I do that. So immediately my mind goes to the things of this earth, but if I'm ever going to seek God, I have to say, wait a minute, I have to believe that if I go after God, God knows everything about your life. He knows everything you have to deal with. He knows all the circumstances. Just like Sean said, he's given that testimony. God stretched him to reach out and to do something. And by obeying God, you see that God shows up on your behalf. But it goes against the natural thinking. So you have to trust God and you have to believe God. The Amplified says it like this. Look at this. It says, if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, or the Messy Bible, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. I mean, that's so easy to do. Just get absorbed with everything right in front of me. But look what it says. Look up and be alert to what is going on around, in, uh, on around Christ. That's where the action is. Seeing things from His perspective. Amen. You know, there's times that I look around. You can tell just by looking on people's face. That, that it's a struggle even to be here this morning. Amen. Why? Because of all this stuff that's going around. But if I ever get my eyes up on God, if I ever start looking towards Him, it's amazing how things change. Look at this slide up here. What it means to be aligned with God. How to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. What it means to repent. And how to tell when your soul is aligned with God. What's important in our life? Why would I go after God? It is so important for you to be aligned with God and in sync with the Holy Spirit. It is vitally important we're to be led by the spirit we're to walk in the spirit amen and so we have to give ourselves to that it doesn't just happen you don't just pray the sinner's prayer you don't pray that 30 second prayer repeat after me bow your head raise your hand repeat after me okay you're saved now you're immediately aligned with the holy spirit everything's going to work together for good on your behalf because god love you called according to his birth and we quote all those great words that's fine but it takes some effort to make it happen you know, right? It, it's not that. It takes it's diligent. The Bible says that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. So there has to be that part of me that is going after God. Now, there's an adversary that's at work that's doing everything he can to knock your life out of alignment with God. The devil does not want your life aligned with God. Are you with me this morning? Okay. So stay with me. Look inside your outline. There's a need in our lives to have things in order. The place of order is where, is where, is where we place God. Our vertical relationship with God governs all other relationships in our life. Talk to anybody having problems in life, just ask them, how's your relationship with God? Oh, it's good. How much time do you spend seeking Him? None. How much time do you spend in prayer? None. How much time do you spend in the Word? None. Oh, how do you have a great relationship with Him? Well, I just believe in Him. Hallelujah. Try that with your wife or your husband. I spend no time with you. I have no fellowship with you. But I really believe in you. Glory to God. And then tell me how your marriage is doing. Could I get an amen? So, so our vertical relationship with God governs all other relationships in our life. It determines the outcome of every situation 
in life, and eventually even our eternal destiny. How many know that God is trying to get you aligned with His will? We're on this earth, and God is in heaven, and we want to be aligned with the heavenly vision. Amen? I want to be aligned with the heavenly vision, God's will for my life. And so something, Paul said, don't get distracted, but keep your eyes fixed on where God is. My alignment has to come from heaven. I have to be looking up so that he can reveal downward into my life. God wants to reveal, he wants to show himself, but I have to set my heart in alignment with God. Think about it. Proper alignment is imperative. Proper alignment, give me the next slide, Luke. Proper alignment is imperative. Where I put God, my job, my family, my... See, with God is first, everything else will fall into its natural order. Everybody has to go, well, what's first? Is it God and family, God and church? Is it God and this, God and job? It doesn't matter. After God, He will help you put everything in the right order. There's sometimes that different, the, the things under God need to shift, and there's demand, and things happen. That has to be fluid. The one thing that is never fluid in priority relationship is his position do you understand that God can never be at a different position and the demands on us where Paul says hey if you're risen with him then seek those things that are above why because the earthly things keep crowding in on our lives why do we set this time aside because we need times that we reset our lives back in tune with God are you with me this morning let me illustrate it to you like this, if I could, and uh, just in four different ways. And for your life and my life, this is God. Okay, and he asks us, he invites us into a vertical relationship with him. And our goal is to keep our life centered in him. Are you with me? Keep your life, my life centered in God. To keep everything on the right plane, everything in the right relationship. Nothing out of alignment and that. But then the next thing that happens is we go through life, we get busy, and then the next thing that happens, our life is down here, and then things come along, and they knock us, off alignment. And we go through life saying, hey, you know, that's okay. I know I'm a little bit off, but everything's pretty good. It's all good. Okay? And then the next thing that happens in our life, we keep going on. And so we get a little rotation thing to it, rotated out of order. But you know what? We think we can handle it. And then, have, have you ever said, you know, my life's kind of gone askew? Okay, so then our life gets shifted like this. Out of that way, we're just twisted the angles off and that. But see, the goal is, God's goal is that we would have this. And that is. Have me you know you're walking through this life, but your hope is not here on earth. Our goal is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I want to make this my goal, but I can only do in that by keeping my life centered in Christ. But everything comes to knock your life out of order and deal with that. And the only person who really sets this, we think, oh, I can fix my life. I could do that. If we could do that, how many know that God sent us a what? 
Savior. How many know that Jesus as a Savior is also the professional? You hear me tease a lot of times about it, and I say, you know, don't try this at home. I'm a trained professional, right? But what we try to do all the time, we always try to fix our own life. Anybody tried to fix your own life? You know, I'm just going to make a few adjustments. All I, all, all I need to do is just make a few little adjustments. Everything will be fine. You know, I, I know things are kind of out of order. I know things have kind of ro- ro- rotated out of plumb and out of square. I know things are a little off kilter and just gone a little bit askew. But, you know, I can fix this. I really can. You cannot be your own savior. Okay? You just can't. There's another person that God sent to our life. Jesus said it is important to you that I go away so that who? The Holy Spirit has come. And when he comes, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. You are not called to be your own leader and your own guide. The Holy Spirit is here to lead and to guide us. Amen? So look at your outline here. Proper alignment is imperative. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have what? The preeminent. Listen to the Amplified Bible. He, is, he also is the head of his body, the church. We are his body. He's the head. Amen? Seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, from among the dead, so that he alone in everything. Everybody say, in everything. In everything and in every respect might occupy what? The chief place. So what place belongs to Jesus in your life? Huh? The chief place, huh? He get, are, are you with me this morning? He, he deserves that chief place. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't I have so My life is so busy. I have so much going on. You just told Jesus my life is more preeminent in, than you are. All my issues are more important than keeping you in the chief place. And a hush came over the crowd. That he occupied the chief. Look at Stand first and be preeminent. Jesus is to have the preeminent place in our life. The place that surpasses all others and all other things. He is to be the first place of order in our lives. In our hearts, in our home, in our desires, in our pursuits, in our thoughts, in our money, in our time, in all things. If anything else is, then I've given it a higher priority. People say, you know, I, I would get involved in the church. I would serve. I would help. Others. I just don't have any time. Well, Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, be a servant of all. If I'm in the kingdom, but I'm not involved serving anybody, then I only, I only end up with a self-perceived perception. Of my spirituality. Okay. Glory to God. Because why? Listen. You cannot have two masters. I can't have two masters. Nobody can have two masters. Meaning that there cannot be two firsts. There cannot be first, two firsts in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our desires, in our pursuits, in our thoughts, in our money, in our time, in all things. Listen, people say we receive, people say, I, I can't afford the time. There's too, tithe, there's too many other demands upon my finances. Okay, so there's other things that you put first to use your money on than to honor God. 
In Proverbs 3, before, Proverbs 3, Proverbs is simply the book of wisdom says, Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your precious shall overflow with new wine. I've always found people who have no money to honor God usually don't have much money for anything else. They're always under oppressed. Are we doing all right? Well, it sounds like God had some wisdom there, amen? People who don't have time, I don't have any time. If they don't have time to serve God, they don't have time to do all the stuff they said they don't have time to do. It just works out. But it's amazing when I honor God and I give Him the preeminence in my life. It's amazing how He causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So that means I've aligned my life. My life stays aligned with His purpose. And then all things work together for good. Are you with me this morning? So watch it. Look at slide number five. Watch this. When we align our desires for our lives with God's desires for our lives, the possibilities are endless. When you align your desires with His desires, the possibilities are endless. Are you with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Watch this. Ezra Taft Benson said this, When we put God first, all the other things fall into their proper place or fall out of our lives. What an amazing thought. Our love of the Lord will govern the claims of our affections, the demand on our time, the interest we pursue, and the order of our priorities. People say, I love God with all my heart. Do you have any time for Him? No. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not talking, you guys are the early morning crowd. You guys love God. You're up at 8.30 to be here this morning. You love God more than anybody in our church. God bless you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving you some information to help people that need to know this, all right? But look at what he says. The interest we pursue and the order of our priorities. See, when my priorities, so people say, well, how does my life get, 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 Askew, because when things get out of order, when God loses his first place in my life, when things get out of order and other things happen, then how many of you have ever been driving down the road and hit a chuck hole with your car and affected the alignment of your steering? Okay. So an incident came along, you had a bump, something happened, da 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 and so now it just does that. But you decided, you know what, I really don't need to fix this. I'll just continue to drive this way. And people get in the car with you, and they go, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's good. Uh, do you have an alignment problem? No, not really. And besides that, once I get to 60, it doesn't shake that bad. <laughs> Smooths right out. <laughs> Amen. But if I get under, uh, you know, besides it's more fun to talk like this while you ride together. Amen. Think of all the adjustments that we make. So think about it. We must remember man did not come forth from himself, man came from God. Man was by God, from God, and for God. You were made by God from God and for God and aligning my life I me mean, wait a minute I didn't get here on my own I came forth 
from God. My life comes from Him. And my life works best when I keep it in alignment with Him. I just keep everything in line, in parallel. I keep this working, and then everything else works right. When I keep the vertical right, the horizontal works perfectly. Amen? Stay with me. So to, look at that. But there's one thing, uh, or excuse me, woman did not come forth from herself. She was made from man and for man. That's not our subject, but it's the order of proper alignment. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says this. There is one thing I want you to know. Look at what Paul says. There's one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is what? The head of every man is is Christ. So if we put that like this, over you is the Lord Jesus Christ. The head of every man is Christ. Okay? And so he says, here it is. Man, Christ, and then over Christ is God. And the head of the man or the covering. Now, now this isn't a dominating part, but the head of every woman. And the way that works is, is this is a covering. Do you understand that? When it talks about authority or being the head, it talks about a covering. Paul goes, women having their head covered. So it's the covering of protection. It's the umbrella. How, how many have seen the Traveler's Insurance commercials? What is it? It's a big red umbrella. And people that are under the umbrella, they're under the covering of that. And when you and I keep ourselves aligned with God, our lives stay under the umbrella of His covering in our life. Under the umbrella of Christ. When the body of Christ stays under the covering of the headship of Christ, our life is covered and under His protection. Today we're saying, now I, I'll say this and I say it all the time anytime we touch it. The movement, the women's liberation movement was a breakout against God's authority. All right, I never expect an amen there anyway. There should be equal pay for equal work and all that. But the part of women and women equality in the same thing, it's out of order with God. Woman wasn't created by herself. There's a natural order. There's a God design that women operate in their fullness under the covering. Man is not independent of Christ. Nobody's independent on their own. God is the only one who doesn't have a covering. Christ is under the authority of the Father. Man is under the authority of Christ. And man, under that authority, provides a shelter and a covering for a wife. A wife's most, most safe place is when she feels covered by a husband. Women don't get married to have somebody to fight with and compete with. It's that you don't get married to be in competition. Do you understand that? God didn't, God, God didn't say it's not good for man to be alone. I'll give him somebody to compete with him. So that I'll give him a helpmeet, and he provides that covering. So moving right along. You say whatever you want. You look at society when it breaks out, and you can find all the ill effects of that because we have excuses for things. We always have an excuse. Man will always find an excuse. He will always have a reason and an excuse to break out from under God's word. And the moment you break out, things go out of order and your life is now askew. And you can be going through all the motion. You can be doing all the religious duty and service. But until you come back under order, the thing is still out of skew. You can get up to 60 and it doesn't wobble. But as soon as you slow down, it does. And then people go, how come my life looks like this? 
When I drive down the road, it looks like that. It's no longer a plain, parallel path. My, wife, my, my life looks like a, a sidewinder in the desert. You look, ever seen a, the movie, the show, The Sidewinder? You see the track of the sidewinder, it goes like this, so you know that snake was there. That's why our path shouldn't look like that. Are you with me this morning? Today we're seeking after the proper realignment of our lives in Christ as we move into a new year with the goal of setting first things first so that we can stay on course throughout the entire year and avoid the damage of misalignment. Give me the next slide. Putting our life in order won't complete, our lives won't compete with our human relationships. It will protect them. People are afraid, well, if I put God, I don't have time, I have to do this. And people, over the years, I've it's so important that, that, that I keep, you know, I have to put my family first. I don't have time, I have to give time to my family, time to my family, time to my family. Well, how come your family's taking all your time? All right, moving right along. And then a lot of times people doing that, and then you look at, there's nothing should ever be first before God. Nothing. When I keep him first, everything else comes together. The Apostle Paul in his letters to the Galatians, Ephesians, and Colossians begins with, each one of those books begins with declaring who God is and who Christ is and who we are in Christ and all that is ours through his redemptive work. Then he instructs us about having our lives aligned to his word. And he says that we have to put off the old man and put on the new. That's the only way for my life to be aligned with God's will is by putting off the old and putting on the new. How I many know oh, that's, that's the, you don't just get up in the morning, I'll oh, just put off the old man, put on the new man. It takes some effort to do that. Doing all right? Francis Chan says, dear, do you know that nothing you do in this life will ever matter unless it is about loving God and loving the people he has made? Think about it. I got to love God. And I got to love people. And you say, Pastor, well, what are we doing? You say, why do you preach like that? Because my job is to align things. To bring a li- I, I'm, I'm here to do one thing. Bring alignment to your life. Every week, every time we preach, every time anybody preach, it's just to bring alignment. Keep our lives in this relationship with God. Keep our lives in cover. Keep to avoid the, 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 the rotation and things being askew. Because our goal is, is that we want to end up at the translation. Amen? We, we, we want to be ready, and we want to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. And so keeping our life set in that play. But God says we're supposed to love Him. What's the, Jesus said, they said, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That fulfills everything. So somewhere I have to be concerned. And we hear people, it's okay to have a difference of opinion. It's okay to stand for truth, but never at the expense of loving people. You know what I'm saying? And we have too much strife, we have too much division, we have too much contention of the body of Christ, and then because of that we pull away and we don't get involved serving, we get our three feelings hurt. As Princess Leia said, you hurt all three of my feelings. I'm calling her fat, I thought it was a great comeback, amen. But anyway, in in dealing with that, there's that area we get upset and so we pull back. And the minute I pull back, I'm supposed to love God and love people, but think it out of order in my life. And it never works the way it's supposed to. So why prayer and fasting? Prayer and fasting is the key to bringing my life into alignment with God's will. Prayer and fasting is the key to bringing my life into alignment with His will. Prayer is asking God to align you with His will. Prayer is more than a need list. 
Prayer is more than just petitioning God. Prayer begins with God. I need my life aligned with your will. What did Jesus say? I have come to do the will of my Father. And Jesus said, I have to be about my Father's business. And so we're serving God the same way He does. Our walk with God is the same as the walk that the Lord has. We're here to do our Father's will. You know what God is accomplishing in the earth? I gave it to you a while back. But God has His eternal purpose that He's accomplishing in the earth. And you and I come in at, at, at our place in time. We show up in this timeline of the eternal purpose. This is our spot. But we're part of His eternal plan. The only thing God's doing is His Word. He's accomplishing His purpose. And our life is to run in parallel with His plan. He has a place for us, and we fit into His plan. And life works when we walk with God in agreement with His plan. Why realignment? That we might readjust, correct, and place our lives back on a straight path. Not needing to be continually correcting by my own strength and efforts to stay on course. How many know when your car's out of alignment, you, you know, when your car's in perfect alignment and your steering's in alignment, it doesn't take any effort to steer your car? Amen? You can, you can steer with one finger, you can steer with just a couple of hands. If you let go and, and you're on a straight road, your car still stays going straight. Well, you let go for very long, but you can. How many know what I'm saying? But if, if it's not out of alignment, you have to continually, even on a straight road, not on curve, but you have to continually be steering the car. And when your life is out of alignment with God, you're having to continue of your own effort, make adjustments to keep your life working and on the path. You're continually involved. Are we doing okay? All right. So the question is, does your life pull a little to the left or to the right? Is there a pull in your life to the left or to the right today? Is there a little need for adjustment? Does it take constant adjustment on your part to stay on the road of life? Are you bearing the cost of, excess, of excessive tread wear in your life? Do you have expenses? That are not normal. It just seems like always oh, everything's expensive. Everything doing that. Things are just excessive treadwear, unneeded treadwear, treadwear because of improper alignment. Are your strength and energy wearing out too quickly? Too many people are just worn out today. I have no strength. I have no energy. Why? Where where are you expending it? Hallelujah. Are you getting the proper mileage and efficiency out of the life that you should? Are you experiencing the undue pressure and expense of repairs because of poor alignment? Now let me ask you this. Can you align your cars, your own car steering? If your car's out of alignment, guys, I'll just talk to the guys for a minute. Women, go, I wouldn't try this. But guys, we can fix anything. Amen? We can fix anything. And today, if you don't know how, you can watch a video. You can go on YouTube, find out a video, da-da-da-da-da. Man, I watch a video. I can get a tape measure, and I can go out and get this tool. Look at this. Put the next one up, Luke. I can go get the tool. I go get this little tool. I can put it on the floor of my garage. That'll tell me whether it is. And I don't know how to use the tool, but I have to. I don't just need one tool. I need two tools. I need one for each side. 
And then I can figure out how to clamp my tires into those two tools. And I can figure out how to adjust it. And then I can watch a video and figure out where my tie rods are and, 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 and how to adjust everything in there and deal with everything. And I could adjust my own tire because why pay somebody else to do it? Why take the time to go into the shop to have somebody else do it for me when I could learn how to, I could take care of myself, I can do everything myself. And the same way we take that approach many times spiritually in our own lives. I can watch the videos, I can watch the preachers on TV, I can do this, I can do that, I can fix everything myself. And so we become the personal liner of our own life. You could do that, yes, but the answer should be no. Amen? It should be no. Why? You need to take it in. It's got to be taken off the road and out of commission for a season. See, that's part of what we're talking about. 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know what you're going to do? You're going to take yourself off the road for a few days. You're going to put yourself in the shop for a few days. You're going to give yourself and say, God, you know what? I, I, I've been walking along all this year. I can fix it myself. I can make this. I can tweak my spiritual life just a little bit. And God said, yeah, you can do that. Let me know how that works for you. And then you come out of making all the adjustments and your past still looks like this. And God says, no, I, I want to get back. I don't know about you. I want to I stay here. Amen. How many have any peak and valley friends? You never know where they're going to be. You never know when they're going to be up here or down here. And then you saw them when they were up here and you rejoice. You thought, maybe that'll last for a little while. When it, whoop. And then they're down here. And they go, da, 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 and they go, and they go, da, 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 you know. I go, wow. Jesus said our life would be like this. Luke 21 and verse 18. Turn there with me. Luke 21. Are you doing okay? Tuesday night we talked about it. Maybe it's 2120. 2119, yeah. 19. Jesus said this. In your patience, possess your souls. In your patience. The Hebrew word for patience there is the word hupomene. Hupomene. If you look it up in James chapter 1, it says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse, diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be complete and lacking nothing. The word patience in the Greek is the word consistency probably didn't spell it right but consistency being constant in your consistency in your steadfast consistency patience will have its perfect work it's hard to have faith like this and if my life is going like that I probably need an alignment you understand what I'm saying? So Jesus says, in your consistency. Remember the Apostle Paul, said, he made this statement. He says, all these different things were happened to him. And he says, none of these things move me. 
Whatsoever, Paul says, whatsoever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. None of these things, none of these trials, n- none of these light afflictions, none of these momentary things have, none of these things moved me off of my consistency in Christ. We have to have that alignment in our life. He says, none of, nothing moves me off of my alignment in Christ. I'm not going to be knocked out of alignment. I'm not going to allow these things to rotate me, to get my life askew. I'm going to keep my life centered in Christ. Amen? So think about it. That, those things, you've got to take it off the road. You've got to be out of commission for a season. You've got to place it on a rack. It's got to be entrusted to a trained technician to make the needed adjustments and all of that. It takes time. Now, you can either drop it off or you can wait for it to be done. How many enjoy waiting in a waiting room for work to be done in their cars? No, it's a, it's a, it feels like a waste of time. Well, it might be, but what's taking place in the mechanics bay is nece- ne- necessary. And so people, well, coming to church and prayer, if I don't have the right perspective, and the number one thing that many times God needs to realign has to begin first with our attitude. Doing all right? How I view things, my attitude towards everything is a different, makes a big difference. So it takes time. Can I be entertained and have fun while the work is being done? That's a big thing for us today. Make it fun. Make it entertaining. I want to see God, but make it exciting. Make it fun. Don't make it hurt and don't make it cost. Amen? Why do we usually try to do things ourselves? Because we're cheap. Somebody say amen. We're just cheap. I can fix it myself. I don't, why should I pay somebody else to do what I could do for myself? And then you, do, do, you still have to pay, and you do it, and then when it doesn't work, now you've got to pay to have somebody really do it. And not only do they fix the original problem, most of the time they fix what you broke while you were fixing it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. People think, well, oh, I could do that. I could figure out what the camber is, what the toe is, what the tie rods are, the shocks, the struts, the tire pressure, the balance. I could know that if it's rear wheel drive, it has to be towed in. I could know if it's, if it's front wheel drive, it has to be towed out. You think, oh, yo, you know what? I, 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 I'll get my tires perfectly straight. You get your tires perfectly straight, it isn't going to work. Because when your tires are towed, towed out on front wheel drive, when you accelerate, the, the pressure pushes them in on rear wheel drive when they're towed in when you accelerate that from the rear it makes the front wheel drive straight now but if you all oh, just put it straight oh well i didn't know that watch it why do we need alignment look at this because poor alignment causes drift watch this video poor alignment causes drift how to tell if your car is out of alignment Welcome to Video Joe. When your car is out of alignment, you could be wasting gas, wearing out your tires, and possibly increasing your chances of an unplanned emergency. Here are five signs that your car is out of alignment. Symptom one, pulling. If you're driving on a smooth, straight road and the car veers to the right, Ah!
color is probably out of alignment and you have to hold your steering wheel at an angle just to drive straight. This can be very dangerous and requires immediate attention by a professional mechanic. Symptom 3. Wheel wear. Another clue that something is wrong with your alignment is uneven tread wear on your tires. Inspect the rubber closely. If there is baldness on one side or the other, then you need to get some new rubber and get an alignment before the tire goes flat. Symptom 4. Turn return. After a turn, does your steering wheel fail to report promptly to the center position? If the wheel feels sluggish or loose, it's a sign you could have alignment issues. Symptom 5. Whole lot of shaking. The final symptom of a car in need of alignment is sloppy steering wheel syndrome. If the steering wheel vibrates or shimmies on a smooth road, you need to have it checked out. Five simple clues to alignment problems that can become very complicated if you don't take care of them quickly. John. How many of you met people that have all those problems spiritually and you ask them how they're doing? I'm good. Amen. Think about it. How do I know I need an alignment? Look at that. I'm pulling. Is there a pulling in your life? Are things pulling at you? Pulling you offline with God? Do you have wacky wheels? Just off center? Is this you? This is wacky wheel over here. You got WW, wacky wheel. How you been? Think about it. What about wheel wear? You have wheel wear? Things wearing out? That's what I mean. Just that expense. It's not bad. And then turn, return. Well, I'm making a job. And then getting back, just staying on path with God. Everything comes. You, you don't go through life. It's not that things don't hit you. But how long does it take you to get back online? How long? It doesn't mean you don't hit. But we should stay, be back online and return to center and to stay there in that other. And then what about wheel shaking? Is that happening in your life? We need to deal with that. And then that same thing of, again, of wheel wear. I put it in there twice. I don't know why. These warning signs are not to condemn your car. How many of you say if you were riding with somebody and said, hey, you might need an alignment. How do you know? Well, your car is pulling to the left. Your wheels is wacky turned to the side. And it's shaking like crazy. And when I got in, I could tell your tires are wearing up. Oh, you just don't like my car. Why are, you, why, why are you making fun of my car? Why are you, be, why are you beating me up? Why are you doing No, we're trying to avoid you from having a wreck. Let me know what I'm saying. And that's the same thing. We wouldn't do that. These are warning signs are not to condemn your car. They protect you and your car from severe damage and even death. Spiritually, when I have signs in my life that I need a realignment. And let me just say that there is nobody void of needing a realignment. I need it all the time. You know what the Apostle Paul said? Paul said, I daily bring my body into alignment with God. I bring myself into subjection to God. I keep myself aligned with God. I buffet myself. I keep myself under control. You say, Pastor, what's important? It's the benefits on the other side that we are after. Most people think they know how and what is best, or they know what is best when it comes to realigning their life. But that would be like dropping off your car and then telling the mechanic to make the repair based upon your self-diagnosis. Drop your car off, say, hey, you know what? I checked it out. Look at the next page of your outline. I checked it out. 
It just needs this. Guy goes, oh, are you a mechanic? No, but I checked it out, and this is all it needs. I don't need you to do anything. If you do this, it'll answer all my problems. Just fix this right here. Okay, cool. And then you say, it should be easy, should be quick, and it should be cheap. Amen. And then we drive out, and we wonder why our front end falls off in the driveway when we pull out. Why? Because if we're too cheap to pay full price, we'll still pay the full price in other ways. That's the way life works, guys. When we find out there is no alignment that doesn't cost, it always costs us to do it right, and it costs us to do it wrong. Look at the next slide. (coughs) Excuse me. Asking and aligning are the two stages of prayer. Ask God, God, what needs to be done in my life? Asking is one thing, but then allowing the alignment to take place are the two stages of how prayer works in our life. When we get stuck in asking, we stagnate. And people pray a lot. A lot of prayer is asking. But how much alignment are you allowing to take place in your life? At the beginning of a year like this, why do we fast and pray? Why would you? You go, well, because people think, Pastor, why are you praying? Because people go, well, you know, I know we do that every year on the 20th. I'm thinking about it this year, but really, my wheel's not that wacky. The shaking isn't that bad. It doesn't take that much effort to keep my car going straight. It's really not too bad. Okay. But then you're going to run into extra expense. Things are going to wear out. Things aren't working. And you're not on this consistent plane that God ordained. That's what's available. That's what I said. Paul said, look, this is everything when he wrote to the church. This is everything that's available in Christ. And it just takes a little adjustment. Bill, can you come back to the keyboard? Think about it. But it has to come on a personal and a corporate level. Personal realignment resets my heart to do His will. Corporate realignment resets my connection to the body of Christ and purpose for my life as a member of His body. Put number 12 up there, Luke. Understanding the, perp- the real purpose of prayer. Through prayer, we invite God to align us with Him. We do not attempt to align Him with us. We understand that God's view of prayer and how He intends it to benefit our soul and how our focus in prayer will change as we mature. God brings us into alignment. I I can't get God, no matter what I want. God is never going to align His purpose with our life. He asks us to be aligned with Him, to walk with Him. The best way, how do you have the best year possible you do that? You know what? There's something in this and in his order. A lot of people get in here. We, we partook of communion this morning. And the instruction in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says this. It says that it's important that you discern the Lord's body. And when people have a negative attitude, and, and, and this is a lot of what happens. Sometimes what happens is people say, I will go to church and I will listen to sermons but I won't get involved because I got hurt once someplace else or I got hurt in times past or I did this. And so you're placing a condemnation on people who were no part of your hurt. You're causing others to pay for what somebody else did and you're causing the body to be unfurnished and you're bringing a judgment on people that had nothing to do 
with the pain in your life. And you're carrying a pain that God would heal you from if you would let him. Are you with me this morning? So it's important. And so corporate alignment. People say, well, I, I, I just do church. I, the, the, I, I go to church for this reason. I, I go to church just for this. I don't need anything. Else. I, I just go. I, I want to hear a good word. I want to find out what I need to do. I, I'm just keeping myself, me. But I have to love God and I have to love people in serving. Or it's just religion. See, we're not so saved that we can simply be about our own business. We're saved. To be about his business. To establish his kingdom. Put up the next to the last slide Luke. Here's my encouragement today. Stop negotiating with God. Stop negotiating. God I'll do this. God if you will I will. If you will I will. No he's the one that says if you will I will. That's the, every, the promise. Are, if you will I will. Don't negotiate with God. Say God align my life. I, I give myself to you. Jesus your Lord. Bring me into alignment with your word. And then the last Thank you, Luke. Satan tries to limit your praying, praying because he knows your praying will limit him. Amen? Don't let the devil cut you up. Bow your heads with me this morning.